If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the Get in Touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT Thomas at KT's Money Matters. You know, it's spring. Spring is in the air, as they say, and with spring comes spring cleaning. And I'm not really talking about cleaning out your junk drawer, although I would recommend that you consider that. I'm talking about spring cleaning for your finances. So we're going to talk today a little bit about the things you could do on a seasonal approach. I kind of like the idea of breaking things up into times of the year where I'm going to work on certain things so that I'm not trying to work on all the things all the time, because we all understand what happens when that happens. Nothing gets done. I'm going to give you a little quip from an old record. It says, for every turn, there is a season. Spring is the season of shredding. I'll be back right after the break. Your host, Katie Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning with more than 25 years of experience, dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. We work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals, providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Go to NewDaySolutions.com for more information. You know, the thing I love the most about spring is tax season is almost over. In fact, by the time this podcast comes out, we'll be dangerously close to April 15th. And by the way, good riddance. This winter has been a loud winter. Markets have been really robust since they fell apart last year. We'll talk about that another time. But... Usually what I find is the tempo of life, especially financial life, slows down a lot after you get through tax season to around the 1st of May. And this is why I like to think about this as the spring cleaning time for your finances. I don't know if you're like me, but there are a lot of little things that I started a long time ago that I just never bothered to change. I keep thinking I'm going to get back to it, but I just don't. Some of you might have gym memberships that you've had forever and you've never bothered to go to the gym to shut them off. Because if you had time to go to the gym, you would work out. And so you don't go and they just keep charging you over and over again. Let me add the Weight Watcher people who bought it in January with all the best intents and it's been coming out of your check every month and you haven't shut it off because you keep thinking eventually I'm going to go back. But now it's April 15th and we're coming into the time of year where people are less focused on these things and New Year's resolutions have been Let's face it, they were forgotten a long time ago, but now we're actually actually going to declare them dead. They were probably on life support anyway. We probably hadn't done anything with it, but now we're really looking to say, okay, how are we going to make this go away? We want to stop paying for things we don't use. We want to get rid of things that we no longer need. We want to take more of a minimalist look at our finances. 
And so I have some ideas. First, because likely by now your taxes are already done, you know how the 2018 tax law change affected you. You had one of three things happen. You paid more taxes, you paid less taxes, or you paid the same taxes. You also had one of three other things true. You either got a bigger refund, you got a bigger bill, or nothing really changed. If nothing changed, then there's nothing to do. If you got a bigger bill than you had hoped and planned for, and that could happen again, the first thing I would do is change my withholding and save more money toward taxes out of my paycheck because no one likes the big bill that comes in April. I get all kinds of crisis calls around, oh my God, I've got this big bill. Where will the X thousands of dollars come from to pay this bill? Happens all the time. Tax planning is not that easy and there are a lot of things happening in people's lives. But if you owe a big bill, one of the best things you can do for yourself is change your withholding so that you don't have a big bill next year. And even though it would have been better if you'd done it in January, you didn't know in January what you know today, you do it now. So you change your withholding to allow for more money to come out of your check. It's easy enough to just say plus X amount of dollars. So for example, let's say you got $2,000 more due than you thought you were going to have. After the shock, what will you do next? Well, first, sadly, you got to pay the two grand and you got to make sure that you don't owe two grand next year. So let's say you're paid weekly. We have about nine months left to the year. And so all I did is I took $2,000, I divided it by nine, and then I divided it by 4.3 weeks because there's an average of 4.3 weeks in every month. I know that'll just, you know, frost you over in your brain, but it would be an additional contribution to Fed of a little over $51 a pay period. You could just say to your payroll officer, I want to withhold an additional $51 per pay period. And that could be enough. You could also talk to your accountant and he could tell you what you should change your withholdings to be. But what I found is a lot of times accountants don't provide that advice of exactly what the change should be. And you could just change it based on the dollar amount and make that change with your office employer. Let's say you're lucky enough that it went the other way. You got a $2,000 refund. What could you do? Well, I could do one thing for sure. I could change my withholdings and reduce it by $50. If I'm not maximizing the funding of my 401k, I could reduce it by $50 and increase my 401k contributions by $50. And then by the end of the year, it would be even lower because those 401k contributions, of course, are pre-tax. So you'd save even more. So you could use this money that you currently pay to the government that they hold on to for a year for nothing to save more money in your pre-tax account and lower your overall tax burden. Now, that's actually a real tax saving strategy. The other thing you could do, let's say you've max funded your 401k and there's no way you can put more money in there. You could decide to start a little savings account. Save the money every week in a separate maybe a credit union account or a savings account, however you might like to do it. Or you could put it in a regular investment account 
or maybe if your income is low enough, you could put it in a Roth IRA. Lots of things you could do that would be better than giving a free loan, free loan to the government. So you'd want to look and say, what's my best opportunity? First, some people love to get the big refund. This is like forced savings. This is how they pay for big things in the spring, like a vacation or home improvement that they've always wanted. And they do it every year on purpose. Now, I could argue why that's not a financially good decision. But if you do it, and that's why you do it, then that's why you do it. What you're giving up is the right to earn any interest on that money by doing this. But what you get in the end of the year is a big chunk of money that you wouldn't otherwise have. So if that works for you, I'm okay with that. Up to a limit. What we need to decide is how much is too much. And I think that's a personal question. But the reason why I throw $2,000 is because I actually think that's kind of around the high number. So if your refund is 5000 or 6000 and you're only turning it around and paying bills with it, then guess what? You're paying interest to the creditors for the right to use this money that you're going to let the IRS use for free. And I would say that's something that I would sweep right out of my closet. So now that we've talked about what you should do, depending upon your taxes, let's talk about the other little things that kind of are all over the place when I clean in my little financial closet. Many of you don't know, but I don't know, it feels like a zillion years ago, but it really was only 27 years ago. I left this credit union in Massachusetts. I worked for them for a long time. They were very nice. I really liked them. I left my little statement savings there because I had a visa in my wallet that was from them. The rate was never the best, but I didn't really carry a balance. So I never really worried about it. And I kind of always felt connected to this credit union. Then about 10 years ago, I started putting more money there. A little bit of regular money into a savings account. I did a Christmas club for a long time. I did a vacation club for a long time. But then after a while, I didn't need that. So I just started putting it in a regular savings account. And every once in a while, when it got big enough, I would sweep it over and buy a CD. But then of course, CD rates hit the hopper and you couldn't get a good CD rate. I just left it in cash. I wasn't making any money in CDs anyway. This was my bona fide rainy day fund. See, as an investment professional, it's really hard for me to have money that just sits in cash that I don't do anything with. It kind of makes me crazy. I think all the money should be working as hard as I'm working all the time. And that's just for me. So this little money at the credit union was kind of like my out of sight, out of mind, backup rainy day money. So I'd never have to sell investments. And I just left it there. But I haven't worked there since early 1993. I don't think I've gotten much interest since then either, to tell you the truth. Only joking, but I only had this one account there. And all my other banking was elsewhere. In fact, I don't even live in the state that this credit union is in anymore. Now, in order for me to sweep this out of my closet, I have to do a couple things. One was I had to pay attention to when that CD came due so that I could move it to savings when I was ready. And that CD comes due next week. So I had to let the bank know or the credit union know that I wasn't going to redo, I wasn't going to renew it because last year it just rolled over by accident. April's a very busy time for me. This year I got there in time to say, put it in my savings account when it comes due. And once it comes due, that'll be the next trigger to close the account. Why? Because I don't really have any real business there. They are in another state. I don't get paid a lot of money for it. And I have other investments, checking, savings, and deposit accounts at other financial institutions. 
many of you are like this. We have three or four different banks that we're trying to do business with. It is like the junk drawer. In my house, I have the straw that I throw everything in that I don't know where it goes yet or whether or not I really want to keep it. And then every spring, I kind of go through the draw and I throw away things that I hid there that I really never needed. It could be like some pen I got somewhere or rubber bands. Um, one of my favorite things to put in this little drawer are those little hooks that you use to hang pictures on your wall, but not get any holes in them. And then like old statements. So I go through this and I say, what don't I need anymore? And I get rid of them. This year, sorry, it's the credit union. I also am going to get rid of my tax returns older than seven years and all my financial statements older than seven years. And for those of you sinners out there that still have canceled checks, those two. Why? Because I don't need them anymore. If I get audited, they can go back three years. If I go, if I get audited and they find like, I don't know, I committed like a little discrepancy that they're not that sure about. I might have to be like Donald Trump and keep all the years. But unless I've been audited, anything over seven years old is dead and buried. And it's time to give it a proper funeral. By this, I mean destroying. You don't want to just throw these things in the trash. You do want to shred them. It's important periodically to clear these out. And right after you get your new tax return is the easiest time to do it. You put the new year in, you take the last year out. Simple. I also will put a tax folder in my file that says 2019 documents. Why? Because when they start coming, I have a place for them. Whether I get a receipt from a charity I wrote a check to, or I get a tag, or I get a 1099 or a 1098 or an investment account or a W-2. I throw it right in that folder so that they are all in one place. And then on the front of the folder, I write what I put in. So as an example, on the front of the little folder, I would say mortgage interest. And I would put the mortgage statement in so that I know that I got it and I know that it's in the folder. This helps me a lot next year when I go for my accountant. It's a simple trick. It's not that complicated and you certainly don't have to have all the degrees I have in finance to do it, but it's just a simple thing. Everything goes in it and then everything older than seven years gets thrown away. Now, if you've never thrown any of your tax documents away, you will be surprised by how much extra space you're going to have in your file cabinet. And speaking of filing cabinets, I actually believe in virtual filing cabinets and the idea of being paperless. And I'm sorry for you if you're still on paper all the time, but if you are paperless, you are going to want to take all your documents that you received and you are going to want to scan them and then shred them. Imagine how much space the world would have if there weren't spaces for paper filing cabinets. Now, we all know that pretty soon the weather's going to break. I got to tell you in New Hampshire, I ran today with long clothes on and I thought spring is not here, but I know it is. And I know summer's just around the corner and the world's going to slow down a little bit. Those long days, long days of summer, maybe a little bit of ice cream, a little bit of family vacation, time at the beach. But spring is a time to tidy up your life and make it simpler. And the same is true for your money. So remember these tips. 
Make sure that you make a change right away if you need to with your taxes rather than wait. Either save more or save less. If you're going to give less to the government, determine where that money is going to be best used. Put it in the 401k plan, put it against a liability, maybe split it, put it in savings. Remember that this is the time of year to get organized and cleaned out so that next year it's not chaos. You too can have better control over your day-to-day cash management by just managing this seasonal idea of taking advantage of the spring. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Remember, if you like our podcast, you can go to KT's Money Matters and share your feedback, which by the way, I would really appreciate. Or you could like me on iTunes and help me with that, you know, Apple magic. And then if you'd like to be a participant on a cash reserve review, feel free to let us know by filling out the KT Money Matters worksheet on our site. Thanks till we talk again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.